Welcome to a special edition of the lead White House in crisis. And you just saw there a president in clear crisis. I'm Jake Tapper. We have some breaking news. President Trump just now said that he will cooperate with House Democrats in their impeachment inquiry. They are warning the White House they will subpoena the White House for documents on Friday. We should note that the president also called the impeachment inquiry uh, the greatest hoax, and he called it a fraudulent crime. So you can take his expression of willingness to cooperate as you will. President Trump also just accused Congressman Adam Schiff, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, a Democrat from California, of helping to write the whistleblower complaint. We should point out uh, that one of the whistleblower's lawyers who I just contacted, I just asked him, is there any truth that Schiff or the committee helped the whistleblower write the, commi- write the complaint in any way? And the lawyer said, quote, absolutely not. That was a response to a New York Times story on how the whistleblower had reached out to Congressman Schiff before filing the complaint. There's a lot that the president just said. I could spend probably about an hour and a half fact-checking it. Let me just couple, uh, make a couple notes. In addition to the accusation uh, that Schiff helped the whistleblower write the complaint, which the whistleblower's lawyer said absolutely not. There's not, no truth to that. He, the president also said that, quote, Biden and his son are stone-cold crooked. We should note the Ukrainian prosecutor has said that he has seen no evidence that Hunter Biden, the vice, former vice president's son, did anything wrong. And there is no evidence uh, that former Vice President Joe Biden did anything wrong, but the president keeps making this charge over and over. There are some other less incendiary things the president said, such as the fact that the U.S. gives money to the Ukraine and nobody from Europe does. In actuality, the European Union gives much more money to Ukraine than the United States does, though the United States certainly contributes quite a bit. I could go on and on, but we only have a couple hours here. So let's uh, talk about some of the some of the issues uh, that the president just brought up. First of all, uh, let's run the tape, the, the quote from when President Trump was asked if he's going to cooperate uh, with uh, these subpoenas from the House committees uh, investigating uh, during this impeachment inquiry. Well, I always cooperate. This is a hoax. This is the greatest hoax. This is just a continuation of what's been playing out, John, for the last Uh, since my election. Uh, This is a uh, fraudulent crime on the American people, but we'll work together with Shifty Shift and uh, Pelosi. Uh, Bill Kristol, um, the president doesn't always cooperate. Uh, What did you take from that? The president is not cooperating. I mean, Secretary of State Pompeo is refusing to allow certain people to testify. That's at the president's direction. The president can call up the secretary of state and say, let them testify. Other many, many witnesses, ranging from his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, uh, to others, there have been requests, Attorney General Barr, they'd like to speak to, no evidence of cooperation. So there he's just pretending that he's being cooperative for about half a sentence before attacking uh, everyone who's trying to conduct this investigation. And, I, you know, you can do that, and I guess you can get away with it some, and attack Biden, Schiff, whoever you want. But at some point, I think people will want to know the truth, and to know the truth, you do need to have certain documents certain witnesses. I think the attack on the whistleblower, if I could just say, is particularly noxious. I mean, so far as we can tell, this man or woman went through all the appropriate procedures. The, invest- the inspector general of the intelligence community said so. And the director of national intelligence, a Trump appointee, said the whistleblower behaved totally appropriately. Uh, at, when at some point the uh, complaint wasn't sent to the Hill, to Congress as it was supposed to be, then he may have met with Chairman Schiff to let him know that there was this complaint being bottled up. But that seems to have been the... And that was weeks after 
I think it would take more than a month after probably the actual complaint was submitted through yeah. channels. So that attack is really an example of Trump's total disregard uh, for legal procedures or in this case for the truth. Uh, and uh, uh, Dana, what are the House chairman going to do if Pompeo, if the White House, mm-hmm. if Rudy Giuliani do not comply mm-hmm. with the subpoenas? And, and let us remind our viewers that the legislative branch of Congress, according to the system that was set up hundreds of years ago, has oversight over the executive yes. branch. Uh, so they have a constitutional responsibility to do this. Um, what are they going to do if they don't comply with it? Use it as meat on the impeachment bone, meaning they're already planning, uh, uh, you know, they have an, an impeachment inquiry. They are going to add it to the list of evidence behind the idea that the president is obstructing, which is a, a potential impeachable offense. Depending obstruction on what of Congress. It is. Obstruction of Congress. And remember, impeachment is what Congress says it is. It's a political um, it's obviously constitutional, but the, the, how you define it is, is highly political. Um, what you saw just now in that press conference, and probably even more so with the event that you saw before in the Oval Office, this is why beneath the spin, the few remaining people out there on Capitol Hill and the president's party who are still spinning, is deep concern, Jake, deep concern that he is he, he's unhinged. And that what he is doing worked maybe during the year and a half of the Russia investigation. But this is different. And there is there is uh, frustration with these kinds of, uh, of performances by the president, what he's done on Twitter with the whistleblower and beyond. It is not giving them a strategic roadmap to beat back impeachment. It's making them all hide and run for cover. And that reminds me, I'm glad you brought up the Mueller investigation because that was another thing that I forgot to fact check. President Trump said they, quote, couldn't find one damn thing having to do with collusion. Not true. They could not find any evidence that prosecutors thought was prosecutable when it came to conspiracy to cooperate with Russia in Russia's interference in the U.S. election. That is not the same thing as not being able to find one damn thing. Larko, let me ask you, do, do you think that the, the, this fight over subpoenas will ultimately end up in front of the U.S. Supreme Court? It should, because, of course, this is the president of the United States trying to, trying to say you're actually not co-equal branches of government. If you can just thumb your nose at congressional authority and the congressional subpoena power, particularly when, keep in mind, the First Amendment was an afterthought to the Constitution. Impeachment was baked into the recipe of American democracy. The founding fathers said, we, this is absolutely going to be part of it. And they gave Congress the authority to have, particularly impeachment, oversight authority and to have that, that compulsion power. If you then say, if you're the president of the United States, I'm not going to respect that. And his notion about cooperating, remember why we're here, Jake. We're here and we know there is a whistleblower complaint because the president did not cooperate with the process, the Whistleblower Protection Act in the first place. It was exposed to the American people because they did not follow the proper channels. So now if the Supreme Court or the judiciary does not weigh in and say, hold on, we have to flex our power because, frankly, if we don't assert our own power to show you you can be checked, what becomes of the judiciary later on? So there is a, a um, an alliance being formed inadvertently by the president's thumbing their nose at Congress to say, mm-hmm. judiciary, step up to the plate or actually you're next on the menu. And Jeff, let's talk about the fundamental issue here, which is, according to the transcript, uh, which is in alignment with the whistleblower complaint, according to the president's own director of national intelligence, the president pushed, asked, requested, that the president of Ukraine investigate the president's domestic political rivals, Joe Biden and his son, Hunter Biden. That is just a fact. He, he asked 
the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, to do that. Jeff Mason, a very kind and excellent reporter that we know from Reuters, tried to get President Trump to answer the question just now, what did you want him to do with regard to the Bidens? And very tellingly, President Trump would not answer that question. He would not repeatedly answer that mm-hmm. question. And Jeff Mason, I, it's hard to imagine another fair, uh, you know, even-keeled reporter who's interviewed this president many times in the Oval Office. President Trump would not answer that for a reason. And was rude to Obviously, Jeff as a matter Incredibly in rude to him, which, you know, of course, is his prerogative, I guess. That's hardly news here. But the reality here is this. It is the... Um, the memo of that conversation, a rough transcript, if you will, that started all of this out. So I think it's important as we go forward here to not get wrapped up in the process. That is the point. What happened last week is the big point here. That is the roadmap through all this, what President Trump mm-hmm. was asking for. And that is not what he would talk about today. He called it a hoax. You know, he accused Chairman Schiff of of a bunch of things, I was thinking back when we were talking earlier, during the Benghazi investigation, mm-hmm. whistleblowers frequently met with Republican members of the committee. That is not unusual. All the time. For sure. So All that is, the time. Um, it, it sounds sexy, perhaps, but that is how it works. They go to the committee staff for guidance on how to proceed. In fact, so, if, I, if I can interrupt for just one second, sure. one of this whistleblower's attorneys, Mark Zaid, exactly. represented the Benghazi Five and worked closely right. with then-chairman Daryl Issa, Republican of California, to bring those whistleblower stories to the fore. It's a specialty. Some lawyers specialize in drunk driving cases, some specialize here in Washington in, in whistleblower cases. So that is what you do, which is why Chairman Schiff's spokesperson is not saying... Now, there was nothing wrong here. This is what they were doing. They were going there for guidance. So the president believes you know, he caught Chairman Schiff in something here. This is pro forma. This is how it works. But I think taking um, you know, stock of everything, right now we know that what Dana was saying earlier, the biggest development so far today, and the day is young, is that there could be more articles of impeachment because of obstruction mm-hmm. of Congress. And just to, that's to the, tie together these two points, I mean, the reason Congress has asked, and they didn't subpoena everyone at first, but asked people to testify voluntarily and is now subpoenaing people, is because they are following up on things outlined in the whistleblower complaint or suggested by the transcript or by other evidence that's come to light. They're not randomly, you know, let's have this person, let's have that person. They've been pretty focused, I've got to say. And so they have a responsibility to investigate. And the way you investigate is by asking for documents and asking and for sworn speak, testimony. This is not hard. So it's not even that... Trump makes it seem as if, you know, Nancy Pelosi's throwing out subpoenas right and left. They've actually been reasonably disciplined, especially in the last week or two. So they weren't cookies, as they said? They weren't <laughs> yeah. just handing not out thin cookies. cookies? Okay, she's not a girl scout. As Got we it. speak, the State Department inspector general is on Capitol Hill briefing staffers and the members who are here right. about something. Something that could be very significant to what we have been talking about. And questions and about again, whether or not the State Department is fully right. cooperating. Right, right. the State right. Department so IG, just to make it clear, only goes to the Hill when he or she's had, or he in this case, I believe, has had difficulty resolving it internally at the State Department. Right. That's what he, he's Hill, obliged to go to, to go to Congress because he hasn't been able to get the Secretary of State or whoever to deal with whatever the complaint was. So it yeah, really is striking. We have a whole new avenue of, uh, of information on this in the next hour. I want to um, play the sound because I do think it is so important that President Trump refused to answer mm-hmm. this question. Because remember, first President Trump said this was a perfect call. Then the evidence came out from the White House that President Trump indeed asked the president of Ukraine to investigate his domestic political rivals, which 
many experts and authorities, including former Republican Congressman Charlie Dent on this show one day ago, said is a clear abuse of power. President Trump has said there's, he did nothing wrong. Very few Republicans have been, for, have been willing to come forward and say, oh, yeah, this is absolutely fine. His, his most loyal supporters have. But, but generally speaking, there has not been a mass movement of Republicans saying, this is great. I want every Republican or Democratic president to call foreign countries to investigate uh, Republicans and Democrats in this country. Because, of course, that would be uh, exactly against what the founders of this country thought was appropriate. Here is Jeff Mason, an excellent and mild-mannered reporter with, with Reuters, asking President Trump, what did you want President Zelensky to investigate about former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter? Take a listen. Are you talking to me? Yeah, it was just a follow-up of what I just asked listen, you, sir. Listen, you ready? We have the president of Finland. Ask him a question. I have one for him. I just wanted to follow up on the one that I asked you, which did was, you hear what me? did you want Did you hear to... me? Yes, Ask sir. him a question. I, I will. But I've my... given you a long answer. Ask <laughs> this gentleman a question. Don't be rude. In case of emergency, break glass, and the president of Finland is underneath that glass. But I mean, but but why not but, answer the question if, you, if, you know, if it's perfect? If there's nothing wrong. But here's with that. what's so remarkable, and and I'm so glad you played that. We've all had experiences with the president interviewing the president. Well, maybe not you, but um, <laughs> most of us. But I envy you so, and, so and much. And we've watched so many times when he, he he. The thing about him is he always answers the question. The fact that he didn't answer that question is because he didn't want to. And it goes back to the most important thing in all of this, which you mentioned, Jeff, which is this summary, not a transcript, as the president said. He said it was a verbatim transcript. Oh, yeah. It is not. Thank you. Well, just as as in a a, just a quick another fact. We're going to be doing this for the next two hours. Yeah. A a quick. Um, This is on the actual statement that the White House put on front page. A memorandum of telephone uh, cooperation is not. A verbatim transcript of the discussion it says it right here on but the, the president. Just said but regardless, verbatim, exactly. But regardless, going back to this, he doesn't want to answer the question about what he asked, what he wanted the Ukrainian leader to do for him about Joe and Hunter Biden, because he knows it was nefarious and it was wrong and he shouldn't have done it as much as he tries to, you know, play you know, follow perfect. this. Follow this other shiny object. It's just yeah, the I mean, all right. Everyone, stick. We're going to keep talking. Uh, everyone, stick around. We're going to squeeze in a quick break. More on our breaking news. While President Trump was answering questions at the White House, as Dana mentioned, the State Department Inspector General has been on Capitol Hill holding an urgent briefing. You're watching a special edition of The Lead: The White House in Crisis. Stay with us. With breaking news just moments ago, President Trump keeping up his attacks on Congressman Adam Schiff, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, this time without any evidence, accusing Schiff of having helped write the whistleblower complaint. We should point out before we run this clip that I talked to the whistleblower's attorney, Mark Zaid. I said, did Schiff or the committee, the House Intelligence Committee, help the whistleblower write the complaint in any way? And he said, on the record, absolutely not. Here's President Trump. Well, I think it's a scandal that he knew before. I go a step further. I think he probably helped write it. He knew long before, and he helped write it, too. It's a scam. Just make stuff up and just say it in front of the whole world. CNN's Manu Raju on Capitol Hill. Manu, uh, what does Schiff or his spokesman have to say about this? 
Well, they have not officially responded to the president's comments as of yet, but they have responded to reports initially reported by the New York Times that the chairman of the committee knew about the outlines of the complaint before it came out publicly. And saying uh, after that report came out, they issued a lengthy statement saying that they had, in fact, got no advance, uh, they did not see in advance this complaint, saying it, quote, at no point did the committee review or receive the complaint in advance. Now, what they do acknowledge is that the whistleblower had approached an aide on the committee for, quote, guidance about the proper channels of actually filing the complaint. And according to the spokesman for Adam Schiff, uh, he says that this is common practice that's done in Republican and Democratic uh, run committees alike, that oftentimes whistleblowers come forward and they need some guidance from the people who know how that process works to tell them how it works. So they said that they haven't seen, they only, the first time they saw the complaint is when the rest of the full House Intelligence Committee saw the complaint, which was the evening before the acting director of national intelligence testified in an open setting about what was in there. But Jake, at the moment, they're saying that there's absolutely no truth to what the president is alleging. And uh, Manu, the State Department's inspector general uh, is right now on Capitol Hill holding a, quote, urgent briefing. Uh, What can you tell us about that? Do we know what was so urgent? We know that Secretary of State Mike Pompeo uh, right now seems inclined to uh, defy congressional subpoenas asking for testimony and asking for documents. Do we have any idea if that's what the inspector general of the State Department is talking about? There is a lot of speculation right now about what this meeting is about. We don't have a precise idea quite yet because the members of Congress that I'm speaking to, the people who have been invited to this briefing, they themselves don't exactly know what this is about. I've talked to a number of people who did enter this closed-door meeting. They were not aware of anything other than a very vaguely worded email saying this has to do with Ukraine, saying that the inspector general wanted to share documents that he had obtained from the legal advisor of the State Department. Now, Jake, the timing, too, is interesting because that email inviting them to this urgent briefing came right after, soon after, the Secretary of State sent a letter to Capitol Hill saying, essentially, that they would not be complying with their request, both to schedule depositions quickly for five state, current and former State Department officials and for subpoena for documents related to the Ukraine matter. So we'll see if this, what this has to do. There are ongoing investigations about personnel that, are, that, are, that the Inspector General is carrying out. Do they get any insight into that? That or what does this do to the impeachment inquiry? These are all major questions that we'll have to answer in the coming hours here, Jake. All right, Manu Raju on Capitol Hill. Thanks so much. Uh, keep us uh, posted as to all the developments coming up. One world leader says there was nothing wrong at all with President Trump's call with Ukraine. I'll give you one guess who that world leader is. Stay with us. Welcome back uh, with breaking news and a special edition of The Lead, The White House in Crisis, a parental advisory for you. In this block, I'm going to be quoting from things that the president of the United States has tweeted. So if you have kids in the room, you might want to mute the television because he used some profanity today. A combative President Trump, increasingly combative, lashing out, claiming he always cooperates, which is not true, as House Democrats prepare to subpoena the White House for the Ukraine scandal. The president also attacking the impeachment inquiry as a hoax, a coup, and even saying that Democrats are focusing on, quote, bullshit. Let's check. Uh, let's talk about all this with uh, my panel. And Bill, let me start with you. Democratic Senator Bob Menendez, who is the ranking Democrat on the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee, he called for the Secretary of State Pompeo to recuse himself. Uh, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, says he is deeply concerned about Pompeo potentially interfering with witnesses. Do they have a point? 
I think they do, just based on Pompeo's public statements, let alone whatever the State Department inspector general might be saying today. I think one thing that's striking, uh, we were talking about this before, the president's been gone on tirades many, many times and ordered that things be done that weren't done. But they weren't done by Rex Tillerson when he was at the State Department and H.R. Mattis and Jim Mattis were there to back up Tillerson. They weren't done by Jeff Sessions, famously, at the Justice Department. What I think is really genuinely worrisome, and I would even say scary now, is two of the most powerful departments in the U.S. government, the State Department and the Justice Department, are being run by intelligent people who know how to run those departments, and they're being put entirely, in my view, at the president's personal disposal for his personal political agenda. The idea, I've talked to professionals from the intelligence world and actually from justice as well in the past. The idea that the attorney general is going around the world talking to foreign governments, getting the president to call. I mean, he could, attorney general can meet with any of his counterparts anytime he wants. And they can be set up routinely, obviously, through embassies and so forth. They're having the president call these other countries to say, we want you to cooperate when the attorney general shows up and looks into the roots of the 2016 looking investigation. Looking to undermine Mueller. Looking to undermine Mueller, looking to undermine the notion that Russia might have been, was behind the leaks. Um, who knows what else the president is saying on those phone calls. And then obviously with Pompeo at state, a kind of belligerence towards Congress refusal. Again, we have the whistleblower's report. We have the transcript. The obvious thing you need to do is hear from the other people who are in the room in these meetings and the person who is in charge of Ukraine and other relevant officials at the State Department. And Pompeo is saying no. And, and, and Laura, let me ask you, as a legal matter, Adam Schiff, uh, who is a former prosecutor, brought up uh, the fact that this probably meant more to you than it did to lay people such as myself. Um, but he brought up the idea that if people don't cooperate, if the State Department doesn't comply with subpoenas, Rudy Giuliani, the White House, whoever, that will be taken in some manner as evidence that they are trying to cover something up. Yeah, I mean, it would be taken as there's some reason you don't want to be forthcoming. And I can essentially assume that the reason is something nefarious or sinister or that you are complicit in that. And that's not too far off from what happens outside of the congressional impeachment investigation world. If you fail to, in a civil matter litigiously, if you fail to comply with a court order or hand over discovery, I can make a negative assumption based on what you've done as the court. I can assume that you actually don't have an intent to do the right thing. And so he's following that a little bit. But for me, what concerns me greater is the notion of this theme here, Jake, of the shoot the messenger. You see it when it's coming to Barr, you see it for Pompeo, and you see it for Donald Trump. How? Because if the idea here is to look at Adam Schiff and his commentary as opposed to the underlying substance of the whistleblower's complaint, if the idea, if your bar is to go around, try to figure out about how the inception of the Mueller report was work, looking or the probe rather than the underlying claims that are made, if you are any other official or Pompeo telling his officials, listen, I've already been subpoenaed. If you were to say hand over documents, you might be violating federal mm -hmm. law because it belongs to me. This idea of shooting the vehicle at which we actually get information. That's the theme we're hearing here. And all of that is defined really as an abuse of power. And everything that you just said, if that happened before last week when the House Speaker said this is an impeachment inquiry, mm -hmm. would just be run of the mill stonewalling. This is different. This is stonewalling that can be used and will be used as a, a bit of evidence in articles of impeachment on obstruction. Yeah. All right, everyone stick around. We have more to talk about. President Trump has congressional Republicans and now Vladimir Putin with having his back when it comes to the impeachment inquiry. What am I talking about? Stay with us. And we're back with a special edition of The Lead White House in Crisis as President Trump faces this impeachment inquiry. It's not just Republican allies who are defending him. It's extending all the way to Russia. That's where we find CNN's Fred Fleitkin in Moscow. And Fred, Vladimir Putin came to President Trump's defense as well. 
Yeah, well, he certainly didn't just come to President Trump's defense. At times, it sort of sounded like he was working off President Trump's own talking points. He ripped into the impeachment inquiry, and he also said that he believes that President Trump, in some ways, is the victim in all this. Here's what we had to say. They began with this impeachment proceeding, and they always recall Nixon. Nixon's team was wiretapping, listening to their rivals. But this is a completely different situation. Trump was wiretapped. Some anonymous special service staffer leaked this information. And based on what we know from the call, there was nothing wrong there. Two more things that are really interesting about all this, uh, Jake. On the one hand, he also said that if, for instance, the White House wanted to release the transcripts uh, of the Trump-Putin summit in Helsinki last year, he says he'd be perfectly fine with this. And he said that the Kremlin actually told the White House to just release those if they wanted to. Vladimir Putin then also trolling the United States when asked about election meddling in the 2020 election. He said jokingly, yes, of course, I will do it, but don't tell anyone. Obviously, a joke to him, not a joke to many people in the United States, Jake. And of course, what he said about President Trump being wiretapped by the whistleblower is a complete lie. Fred Pleitkin in Moscow, thank you so much. Is there a third cover-up involving this whistleblower complaint against President Trump, one that should be getting more attention? We'll have those new allegations next. Stay with us. Welcome back to this special edition of The Lead, The White House in Crisis. New allegations today of a third possible cover-up involving the whistleblower who sounded the alarm about President Trump's push to have Ukraine's president investigate his political rival, Joe Biden. In a New York Times opinion piece today, a former Obama administration official and one who worked for both Obama and Trump argue that while we all know about the first alleged cover-up, that's the White House removing that call transcript to a secure system, reserved for national security secrets. And we all know about the second alleged cover-up that the administration tried to prevent Congress from seeing the transcript to begin with. What we aren't talking about is an alleged third cover-up, the Justice Department not referring the matter to the Federal Election Commission as a campaign finance violation. Joining me now is Josh Geltzer. He's a co-author of the New York Times piece and a former advisor on national security matters to President Obama and briefly to President Trump. Josh, thanks so much uh, for joining us. What do you mean this is a third cover-up? So the Justice Department has had for four decades an agreement with the Federal Election Commission to refer potential election law violations to the commission because the commission has a host of tools that aren't just the criminal prosecution tool that justice has. And the standards can be much lower. You don't need to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. You don't have to have a certain monetary threshold. And yet... That referral never happened here, at least so far as we know. And you, along with Neil Katyal, the former acting solicitor general in the Obama administration, write in this op-ed, quote, In its handling of the investigation and a potential campaign finance violation, the Department of Justice appears to have ignored a rule that a matter under investigation must be referred to the Federal Election Commission. Critically, if the department had followed the rule, the Ukraine affair would have been disclosed to the American public. How would it have been disclosed to the American public? That's right. It would have come out at some point, perhaps not immediately if the FEC continued to investigate it, but if there had been an enforcement action, the imposition of a monetary fine, for example, if there had been an opinion issued that this, in fact, violated the law, as many experts think it did, in some form it would have allowed the FEC to take this and put it into the arena of public opinion as part of doing its job to enforce election law. So the matter was looked at by the Justice Department, and they say it was deemed not to be a criminal violation. Why is that not sufficient? Well, their indications as to why is that they couldn't quantify the type of help 
from a foreign national that President Trump appeared to be soliciting in that Ukraine phone call. So in other words, uh, the, the having Ukraine investigate Joe and Hunter Biden, there's, they don't know how much that's worth. What's that worth to you? How do you put a, a dollar sign in okay. front of that? That seems to be why uh, at least a key reason that the Justice Department didn't pursue not only criminal prosecution, but even short of that, just further criminal investigation. And we can quibble with that, but none of that appears to be an excuse for not referring it to the FEC, which has different standards, different tools, and regardless, a document that's in the Federal Register saying we're entitled to take a look at this, too, because we share responsibility for upholding federal election law. Is there a deficiency in the law in the sense that who knows uh, how much that's worth? I mean, I think that the Mueller report even goes into this when it comes to the Trump Tower meeting and says it's unclear how much dirt on Hillary Clinton would even be worth uh, in terms of a criminal offense. It, it, it is something that the Mueller report spends time grappling with. And ultimately, among the many reforms that I, I'd like to think come out of this is clarity in the law here. Because the idea that the phrase thing of value should mean something that you can put a particular dollar sign and then a number in front of, I don't think that's what we want our election law enforcement to stand on. Information, it has value, and if you can't put a dollar sign on it, it still shouldn't be something you go out and get a foreign national to give you to influence our elections here at home. And certainly a lot of people spend a lot of money in this country hiring people to dig up dirt on their political opponents and other kinds of opponents. If uh, one had to quantify it, one might look to how much one spends on that sort of research. Uh, Josh uh, Geltzer, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming in. Breaking news on this special edition of The Lead, the White House in Crisis. The State Department Inspector General is holding a briefing on Capitol Hill right now. What we're learning about that closed-door briefing, that's next. This is CNN Breaking News. Welcome to a special edition of The Lead, the White House in Crisis. I'm Jake Tapper in Washington. We begin today with breaking news in the politics lead. President Trump lashing out moments ago during a White House news conference, calling the impeachment inquiry a, quote, fraudulent crime on the American people and slamming the whistleblower as dishonest and vicious. We should note that the facts of the whistleblower complaint align with the rough transcript the White House released of that phone call, according to the director of national intelligence himself. Mr. Trump also going after the House Intelligence Committee chairman, Adam Schiff, claiming without evidence that Schiff was involved in writing or helping to write the whistleblower complaint. We should point out, we, I reached out to the attorney for the whistleblower, Mark Zaid, who says that is absolutely not true. The whistleblower complaint centered on a call in which President Trump asked the president of Ukraine to investigate his own domestic political rivals, the Bidens. The president's attack on the whistleblower's honesty and integrity, again, it's undermined by the fact that the whistleblower's description of the call aligns with the transcript, according to Director of National Intelligence McGuire. Not to mention all of the comments but that both the president and his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, have made publicly acknowledging their push to have the Ukrainians dig up dirt on Joe and Hunter Biden. The president refused to answer the question when asked today what exactly he wanted Ukraine to investigate. But he did repeat this completely unsubstantiated claim about the Bidens instead. Biden and his son are stone cold crooked. And you know it. His son walks out with millions of dollars. The kid knows nothing. You know it. And so do we. Again, the Ukrainian prosecutor has said that he has seen no evidence that Hunter Biden did anything wrong. CNN's Caitlin Collins joins me now. Caitlin, 
It's a pretty remarkable claim that the president made against House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, along with all his claims about everyone else. Yeah, but it is. We've heard privately just how much the president has focused and zeroed in his anger on Adam Schiff over the last few days as they've launched this impeachment inquiry against him. And you saw it play out today when the president was asked during that press conference about this New York Times report that Adam Schiff's office essentially got an early readout of a general outline of the complaints that this whistleblower was going to make before they had actually filed the complaint. The president was asked about that. He said he believed that Adam Schiff knew about the scandal before. And then he said he was going to go one step further and say that he believed the House Intelligence Chairman helped this whistleblower write this complaint, something that the president provided no evidence for why he thought that. And of course, as you noted, the whistleblower's lawyer has said that is not true. But really, this is just a larger aspect of you could see just how angry the president is as he's facing this impeachment inquiry. This is a hoax. This is the greatest hoax. This is just a continuation of what's been playing out, John, for the last uh, since my election. President Trump making clear today that the impeachment inquiry has gotten to him as sources say he feels wronged and that Democrats are out to get him. This is a uh, fraudulent crime on the American people. But we'll work together with Shifty Shift and uh, Pelosi and all of them. That was a perfect conversation. His combative stance on full display as he attacked the House Intelligence Chairman and the House Speaker. Listen to this one, President. While the Finnish president looked on. I'm sorry to bother you with this, Mr. President, because we have other things to talk about. Moments earlier, Trump watched as Schiff and Nancy Pelosi delivered a warning shot to the White House. We're not fooling around here, though. The president also calling into question the credibility of the whistleblower and those who gave the official information. The person's a spy, in my opinion. After Republican Senator Chuck Grassley said the whistleblower should be heard and protected, Trump said this. I think a whistleblower should be protected if the whistleblower's legitimate. His combative appearance coming hours after Secretary of State Mike Pompeo admitted he was on that July call with Ukraine's President Zelensky. As for was I on the phone call, I was on the phone call. It's the first time he's publicly addressed his role in the call since this interview. So you just gave me a report about a IC whistleblower campaign, none of which I've seen. It's a scandal the world is watching, including Russian President Vladimir Putin, who defended Trump against the impeachment inquiry today. Nixon's team was wiretapping, listening to their rivals. But this is a completely different situation. Trump was wiretapped. U.S. intelligence agencies have said there's no doubt Russia interfered in the 2016 election. While Putin has denied it, he joked about doing it again today. I'll tell you a secret. Yes, of course we'll do it. To finally make you happier. Just don't tell anyone. Now, Jake, during that press conference with the president of Finland, President Trump grew incredibly combative, at one point refusing to answer a reporter's question that really seems to be at the center of all of this, and that's whether or not and what exactly he wanted the Ukrainian president to do about the Bidens. Are you talking to me? Yeah, it was just a follow-up of what I just asked you, sir. Listen, you ready? We have the president of Finland. Ask him a question. I have one for him. I just wanted to follow up on the one that I asked you, which was, what did you hear me? Did you hear me? Ask him a question. I I will. I've given you a long answer. Ask (laughs) this gentleman a question. Don't be rude. 
Now, Jeff Mason, that reporter, went on to ask the Finland president a question that President Trump later answered, but Trump never answered that question about what he wanted him to do about the Bidens. All right, let's uh, talk about all this. Uh, uh, Phil Mudd, how do you interpret it that President Trump, who up until now has been saying it was a perfect conversation, there was nothing wrong with it, when Jeff Mason from Reuters asks him just a very specific question, what did you want the Ukrainians to investigate when it came to the the Bidens, your domestic political rivals, he wouldn't answer it. Why not? Well, I mean, if you look at what happened during the Russia investigation, when the president went after the authors of the investigation, the most storied prosecutor of our time, Robert Mueller, everybody in town when Robert Mueller is nominated said, this guy is the best there is and ever was. The president is doing the same thing. Let me not offer answers about the investigation itself. Let me say the people, including the the lead in, in this case, not Robert Mueller, but the whistleblower. Let me attack them. And the reason I think he's doing it is simple. Look at what happened to Robert Mueller's numbers over time. Decline. People started to say maybe after month, after month, after month, maybe he's right. He's doing exactly the same thing. And the campaign, it's not really that difficult to figure out. He smears people and he lies. He just makes things up. Uh, we heard him do that today. I'm going to run this clip. Uh, before I do, I want you to just to remember, if you've been watching the show, I asked the whistleblower's attorney, Mark Zaid, is there any truth to the president's allegation uh, that the whistleblower had help writing his complaint from Chairman Schiff and the House Intelligence Committee? Mark Zaid said, quote, absolutely not. All right. So that is what the whistleblower's team says. Take a listen to President Trump. I think it's a scandal that he knew before. I go a step further. I think he probably helped write it. He knew long before, and he helped write it, too. I mean, it's not true. Now, as for the allegation that Schiff knew before, uh, it is true that the committee uh, had some idea about the the contours of the whistleblower allegation, as did the Justice Department and the uh, intelligence community inspector general as well. Um, But your reaction? It's irrelevant to whether the underlying claims themselves are truthful. However the vehicle has come to be known, however it's come in, according to the attorney of the whistleblower, it's absolutely not true. But the underlying complaints and the actual substance, which the president of the United States, by the way, has corroborated several times, perhaps inadvertently at first and now continues to do so, it's wholly irrelevant. But that shiny object he's trying to put over there, his shiny attraction is trying to say, listen, if I deflect enough, maybe you will lose focus. But in reality here, the reason the president won't answer this very simple question is because probably his lawyers have said, do not answer this question. Because the very first time you talked about this issue, when you had it in this non-verbatim transcript, that's what allowed people to actually say, this sounds like a quid pro quo. Those words were not used. But guess what was used? I want you to do me a favor. And then resulting from that came the rest of the conversation. So the president is aware deflection is a better strategy. The idea of trying to attack and vilify the Democrats is a better strategy on a political issue. But you know what it doesn't do? It doesn't change the fact that the conversation as given to us by the White House suggests that there was something sinister, nefarious and potentially criminal. And, and Bill, take a listen to what the president said about the whistleblower, him or herself. The whistleblower was so dishonest. The whistleblower said terrible things about the call. But he then I then found out he was second hand and third hand. In other words, he didn't know what was on the call. The inspector general of the intelligence community, appointed by President Trump, said that's not true, uh, that the whistleblower did know some things firsthand, and also that it's irrelevant. You don't have to know everything firsthand uh, to be a whistleblower. And we have the transcript, as you say, the underlying 
uh, document, which he hasn't challenged the veracity of. I think he has a twofold strategy. One is deflection, attack the, the attack everyone, uh, discredit everyone as much as possible. A couple of years ago, someone in the weekly, Eric Felton, writing in the Weekly Standard, called this the O.J. Simpson defense. Don't defend yourself against the charge, but discredit the accusers enough that there's you know some kind of doubt in the jury uh, mm-hmm. and play off various prejudices against some of those people uh, who are par- inve- doing the investigating. So part of it is the deflection. But the other part is the stonewall. We really shouldn't forget that. I mean, because at the end of the day, what is going to actually prove what happened in terms of our dealings with the Ukraine? Having documents of having transcripts of other meetings, at least examined privately by relevant by the committee staff and by the members of the committee. Having Rudy Giuliani testify under oath, having people from the State Department who were at some of these meetings or saw heard about them contemporaneously testify under oath. I mean, that's how we're going to learn what happened. So the stonewalling is as much part of the strategy as the deception. And, and Caitlin, does the president seem to be lashing out? more than normal to you? Basically, what we've seen publicly today is what we've been hearing privately, that he's focusing on Adam Schiff, that he's furious with him, that he's been calling it BS, as he did on Twitter earlier today. And he's really, like you said, more focusing on the Democrats because he feels like they are out to get him, less focused on the call, the Ukraine aspect of this, where that's going. And people have said privately he's been really combative lately because he is so frustrated by this. But it's interesting to see how it's progressed since Pelosi announced that she was doing this inquiry because he was incredulous then. People didn't feel like he was grasping just what exactly he was facing in the days after. And now today you're seeing this combative stance. So he's saying he's going to participate. He says he always cooperates. That has not been the case for the last 10 months. It'll be a question of whether or not it is with this. All right, everyone stick around. We've got more to talk about. We have breaking news. The State Department Inspector General is holding that, quote, urgent briefing on Capitol Hill. We're going to go live to the Hill next and then shoot them, electrocute them, let the alligators eat them. President Trump today also responding to a New York Times report that he had some disturbing demands for border enforcement. You're watching a special edition of The Lead, The White House in Crisis. Stay with us. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.